Transformational truth number seven. You'll never become who you were created to be by trying to be who everyone else wants you to be. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Welcome, everybody. I am excited to introduce today's guest, Rob Bailey. Rob and his wife, Crystal, are personal friends of mine and my wife, Pastor Tina. We love this couple, and Rob is just an incredible leader. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He currently serves as the International Assistant Director of Youth and Discipleship for the Church of God, based in Cleveland, Tennessee. Rob is a veteran of the United States Marine Corps. He's also served as a youth pastor. He has served as a lead pastor and a state youth director. To say that Rob has a passion for the next generation is an absolute understatement. He is passionate about making an impact, and he is passionate about raising up next-level leaders. Let's jump in to today's interview. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Our special guest today is Rob Bailey. Rob, welcome to Transformational Truth. We're really honored to have you. Uh, What an honor and a privilege to join you today, my friend. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this special day. Man, it's going to be great. Listen, here's today's transformational truth that we're going to be working from. You'll never become who you were created to be by trying to be who everyone else wants you to be. You know, Rob, it was um, a couple of years ago, um, I had taken my my ministry team to a ministry leadership conference, and um, it was a great trip. And, it, and for the record, it was an incredible conference. But something interesting happened. We were walking through the parking lot to make our way to the venue. And um, we watched hundreds of other leaders make their way across this parking lot. Gifted, incredible, talented leaders. Um, But there was something eerily uh, similar about all of them. Uh, We observed almost simultaneously that, that they all looked like, they all dressed like, um, they even had their hair cut exactly like the host of the conference. It was so uh, uncanny okay. that it became a part of our conversation over dinner that night. And, and I don't know if I've ever seen such a strong temptation to abandon authenticity for the sake of conformity. And sometimes it feels like our pursuit of relevance is causing us to lose what makes us unique. Um, Rob, you have a burden for leaders. I know you personally. I see you selflessly pour uh, into a lot of next generation leaders. Um, And we're often putting on Saul's armor rather than trusting in our own God-given identity. Why do you think that the temptation is so strong for leaders to sacrifice their God-given uniqueness? Travis, I was at that conference and I began wearing my hair like I'm wearing my hair now, simply I forgot you were there. I forgot you were there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, it's interesting when because um, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know the conference that you're referencing. I may have been there actually, but um, isn't it interesting how different, different uh, 
cultures throughout the different years and different conferences. And we could, and I'll I'll refrain from naming names, but as you were giving that story, I was kind of wondering what conference that might be. Uh, And and then I I thought to myself, I I know certain conferences where certain cultures surround that person. And so you've got the the XYZ conference where everybody dresses like this guy or or, or this conference over here where everybody dresses like, uh, you know, this girl there that's done the, so I, I think that's an interesting caveat. I've never really considered till till right now, um, but yeah, that's 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 wild. You know, you you said something. You said uh, you know, as we're like you know chasing after after relevance, we we have to be careful uh, because we we have never really been called to be relevant. Uh, we called we've been called to be real, uh, wow. and so uh, man, I'm, I'm excited about wow. our conversation today. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for having me on. As you know, Crystal and I just love you and Tina and your family so much, and just uh, just thankful to have you uh, as as a friend and a blood brother in, in my life. Uh, to to go back to the question, I think you said, uh, "Why do I think the temptation is so strong for leaders to sacrifice yeah. their God given uniqueness?" And and I love that you put emphasis on the word God given. Right. On that. Uh, because he really is the one who created us, the God of, of all creation, the God of heaven and earth. He created us in the same way he created everything else. And I think that sometimes, Pastor Travis, we uh, sacrifice our own uniqueness because we see someone that we like better. Mm. Right? So we, we, we see someone that we like, we, we see us in the mirror. And when we see us in the mirror, we, see our, we know our flaws. We know right. where our blemishes are. We know where the chinks in our armor is. Uh, and so we see somebody else. And as the sun glimmers down and shines on their armor and their armor reflects that sun, man, we don't see their blemishes. Wow. We see us because we were a lot closer to the mirror when we're looking at us. So wow. in other words, when I say we see someone we like better, we see someone that seems to be more successful. Right. Right or they seem to be smarter, or they seem to be sharper, or maybe they got more education or a a bigger degree on the wall, right? Maybe we see someone that they seem to be further along in their ministry, or maybe their business is is more successful than ours. And so we're we're tempted, I think, uh, to, to, to try to mirror instead of, uh, we, we say, if we're going to mirror their success, we have to mimic them. Wow. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So if, if we want to mirror their success, we, we mimic them. So instead of mirroring their work ethic or mirroring their study habits or mirroring getting up a little earlier and staying up a little later, we say, well, we'll just mimic them. Wow. We'll, we'll try to become them. We'll, like you said, we'll dress like them, do our hair like them. We'll talk like them, use their type of, of their verbiage and try to be them instead of being us because we like them better than we like ourselves. Wow. Wow, Rob. That is, that is such an incredible point. Um, and I don't think, and I think we can probably all, you know, relate to what you just said. I think we've all been there. Um, and, you know, for the record, I, I, I acknowledge that I'm sure some of, I use that story as an example of losing uniqueness, but the reality is in some of that, you, you will attract people to you that is like you. I get that, but um, there just seems to be this great temptation, I think, 
for a lot of leaders to lay down their uniqueness. And I think when that happens, the kingdom of God loses something. And I think our, our ability to make a, a profound impact loses something. I, I heard a preacher say, you know, years ago, hey, God already has um, a T.D. Jakes. God already has a Stephen Furtick. God already has, you know, a... a uh, Travis Robert, Hall. Uh, <laughs> uh, Travis Hall, Rob Bailey. So, you know, he needs you to be you. God doesn't need a, oh, another good. one of those guys. Why do you think it is so important for a leader to embrace their God-given style and identity? How does that impact the kingdom of God? Great question. Uh, I've, I've heard it said before uh, a few times, a few different ways. Um, it's important not to judge your daily grind by somebody else's highlight reel. Oh, yeah. So good. In, in other words, most of the time, the leaders that that you are impressed by, uh, they're not putting their flops and their failures on their Instagram story. That's right. You know, you don't you don't hit it out of the park every time you swing. That's right. You just uh, you know, at the same time, I, I think it's important to understand that everybody is going to have their trophy moments. Right. Everybody is going to have their tragedy moments. Everybody. Um, now we're going to we're going to try to embrace authenticity. I'm not saying you got to put your failures on your story. I'm not saying right. you got to highlight your failures. Just understand that just because you didn't hit a grand slam. You know, just because they weren't swinging from the chandeliers or, you know, does not mean that you didn't you didn't do your assignment for that day. Right. You know, uh, and, and an understanding that your style and your anointing is yours uniquely. It's yours uniquely. Yes. Um, and because somebody else seems like they're crushing it and you feel like you're cruising it. Right. <laughs> It doesn't mean you should abandon who you are That's to start it. wearing someone else's anointing or wearing someone else's armor or be, because they <clears throat> baptized 15 more people than you. Right. You, you have to do everything like they they did. You you know, you you have to change your order of service. You have to change your lighting. You have to change your audio visual. You have to change, well, let's fire all the staff and hire new staff because they're crushing it and I'm just cruising it. <laughs> right. Um, you, you have to be true to who uh, who you are uh, and, and embrace, and not only embrace who you are, but, you know, if, if I, I had had the privilege of, of serving in, in several different places. One was in Sylacauga, Alabama. Another was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm. Um, but if, if I tried to lead uh, in the same style uh, of uh, in, in Sylacauga as I did in Albuquerque, that number one, that is 23 hour drive away. Do you think the culture of those two places may be a little bit different? Right. So, you know, so I'm, I may follow a leader who is absolutely crushing it in Seattle right now. But if, if, if I'm trying to 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 lead a different culture, I'm not the, the culture of where I'm sitting right now is going to be different than the culture of Albuquerque, the culture of Seattle, the culture of L.A., the culture of Daytona Beach, Florida. All of these are different cultures. The, the culture of Atlanta is different than, than the culture of Cleveland, Tennessee. Yeah. Right. Right. All of these places are wonderful. All of these places are great. 
Um, but we have to not only, I think, understand our uniqueness, but understand the uniqueness of the field that God has planted us mm. in. Uh, and and be able to em- embrace that if, if that makes sense if if we're in if we're serving in a rural place then what might work in a in a city urban environment might not work w- within our rural place so being that's true good. to ourselves and true to our culture i think i think it's 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 very very important that's that's good rob that's a great point i think you you just brought up an incredible point uh, that I think we need to highlight for a second, the temptation to compare your context to someone else's context and knowing from the the place, the culture, the environment you're leading and then comparing yourself to someone else's environment, their context, their culture. Um, I think I, you know, I've discovered in my own life personally that uh, one of the quickest ways to lose my peace or my joy is to compare my real life against someone else's Instagram life. Um, man, and you, you just said that the importance of only holding up, you know, someone else's, what they post on Instagram versus what really is going on in our life. But as you said, all of us have some brokenness somewhere. All of us have flops. All of us have some failures too. Um, and I think another important point is when we say unique, when, when we're talking about uniqueness and identity, I don't mean embracing like who we are in an arrogant or prideful, dishonoring way. Cause I, sometimes I think around the conversation right. of identity and uniqueness uh, every once in a while that can creep up. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but I've noticed that sometimes when you have that talk um, it's almost done in a way that is, is a little bit, you know, dishonoring, but I think honor and teachability should always be the hallmark hallmarks of a leader. Uh, I think you can embrace um, your uniqueness honorably, just, just like, David with Saul. Saul said, Hey, David, here's my armor. David tried it out. He said, ah, man, it's just not for me. Um, he wasn't uh, rude. He wasn't dishonorable. He maintained a sense of honor in, in that process. And I think uniqueness between generations, maybe we can just touch on that for a second. Uniqueness between generations. Can you talk to the importance of embracing your uniqueness, but still honoring the generation both before you and after you. Oh man, that's such, that that is uh, that is such a, a great question. And when you you know when you mentioned David and wearing Saul's armor, man, that you know th- what a, a visual that that we get. And and of course, nobody knows uh, for sure the uh, the motivation behind Saul's right. heart when he was trying to get David to wear his armor. I've I've heard it uh, I've heard it said before. Uh, that that Saul's motivation for that was that when David went out to to kill the giant, that if if he succeeded, that Saul would be the one that got the credit mm. because it would appear as if the king had had gone and, and done it. Had had uh, Goliath won, then it would appear that you know that that Saul had come back from the dead. So Saul, you know, and again, who who knows if that it preaches really good? Don't know if it's true uh, because we don't know. <laughs> the motivation of, of his heart, but I can I can certainly I can certainly see you know knowing the character of Saul. Um, yeah, I can certainly see that that could be a, a possibility that David right. wears this armor so that uh, everyone thinks it's me. Sure, but possibility. Um, and then it could also be said that the reason that David didn't want to do it was because he he had had not tried it out, as as the scripture says. Very very likely that is 
all of, of the story, but could it have been that, that David wanted to be seen? I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I would love, I would love somebody, you know, for, for David's life as a, as a young man, I, I would have loved someone to be able to, to help him with some of the cockiness that he had. In right. the same way, I would have loved somebody to have talked to Joseph in his coat of many colors. Right. Uh, to be a little careful with who you are telling your dream to. This right. may not be the time to, to do that. Um, you know, of, of course, uh, we know David was a man after God's own heart. We know that he killed lions and bears and 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 went after Goliath for the glory of God. However, um, I, I know myself as a young leader oftentimes my motivations were not what they needed to be. Yes. Uh, Sometimes I I wanted to go after the giant and then raise up the sword afterwards and, and receive, you know, receive accolades for that. Uh, So it wasn't just doing the right things. I I think the thing I'm leaning in really hard right now is not just doing the right things, but being sure we're doing the right things for the right reasons. Ah, that's so good, Rob. So, so doing the right things with with the right motivations. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not don't misunderstand. I'm not trying to disparage, uh, you know, David. David, of course. Sure, sure, I understand. Yeah, um, but but we also realize that that oftentimes where where David misstepped was when he got his eyes off of of God and got his eyes off of who he was, just as the shepherd boy, killing lions and and bears. Right. Giving God the glory for it, playing his harp and, and worshiping God. It, I guess why, what I'm saying is it's easy to to hear the songs of David has killed his tens of thousands and not let that go to your head. Hmm. Uh, so so we, we do know that that David refused to to touch uh, Saul. We do know that he refused to, right. you know, to throw the spear back. But, right. but could could he have been a little bit different in his dealings? The, you, I don't know. We we know mm. that God used Joseph in an incredible way. Could his style of of relaying his dream of you know uh, to his brothers and even to right. his father could could that have been tweaked a little bit? I, I think it could have. In doing so. Would he come have come across less arrogant? I think so. Would he come right. across less prideful? And would he come across in more of an honoring manner? I I, I think I think so. Uh, mm. I think oftentimes it is we can be unique and we can embrace who we are. Um, but we have to be careful that when God gives us that modicum of success that it doesn't start feeling so good to us that, that we start wanting more of the applause. Right. Does that make sense? More yeah. that we start wanting more of the, of the, the, the songs being sung in, in our honor. Um, could it, could, yeah. it be, could it be that we have to make that decision uh, of either uh, accepting the anointing or accepting the glory? Because mm. uh, God's not going to share, God's not going to share that the power if we're taking the glory. That's uh, so good. So we, we either either take God's power and give Him the glory, or take the glory, uh, but in the process lose the power. Mm. Well, Rob, you segued perfectly into um, my next question, uh, which is this: While our uniqueness varies in style, personality, and delivery, our identity is found in Christ alone, not our ability to perform. Why is this so important, do you think, for leaders to understand that our identity is not, as you just pointed out, it, it's not 
and our ability to execute perfect performance, our identity is not connected to our activity. It is connected to Christ and Christ oh. alone. Why do you think that is so important for leaders, especially upcoming leaders today, to understand? You know what my mind goes to? My mind goes to the hymn uh, from back in the day. Uh, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, my righteousness. Yes. Dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Amen. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. You see, th there's always going to be another performance. Mm. Th there's always going to be a, a bigger crowd somewhere else. Right. There's always going to be more money somewhere else, more influential people somewhere else. There's always going to be another performance. So if performance is what drives you, and if that's what you're longing for, if, that, if that's what you're longing for to bring you satisfaction, then you'll never be satisfied. Right. And your journey to, to find that peace will be unending because there's always, there's always more money. There's mm -hmm. always a bigger crowd. So it, it, there's, if, if num <laughs> numbers don't end, there's always ability to find more. There's always, so if, if numbers, if popularity, if fame, if Instagram likes and hearts, and if, if, that's right. the, that, if that's what drives you, if that, then you're never going to be satisfied because there's always going to be somebody more. Right. There's always going to be somebody whose whose tweet went viral, whose whose church is blowing up, who's you know who's got the newest and the greatest and the w most wonderful widget that they've created, and so now their company is blowing. Up. Or if you just are able to push away from the noise mm. and just say, "My hope is built on nothing less Jesus and, and His righteousness," and then. Yeah. And on all other ground is, is sinking sand. I love it. Acts 17, 28, for in him we live and we move and we have our being. Amen. In him we live. That's right. We move. We, we have our being. At the end of the day, I think you'll agree, that's what it boils down to. Absolutely. Uh, we we are, are performing not for the crowd. We're performing for an audience of one. It's, it's him who is looking down on us at the end of the day, man. I want, I want my wife to be proud of me. I want my kids to be proud of me. I want my blood brothers to say, man, you know, you, you're, you're doing a good job. I'm, I'm proud to be doing life with you. But at the end of the day, man, uh, yeah. my audience of one, I want God right. who, me, who equipped me. I want him to look at me and say, I'm proud of you. Right, right, right. And I think it's important to note, especially for everyone that's listening, who can relate to this conversation about our identity being in Christ versus performance, um, that um, I don't think it's a one-time decision. I think there's always a subtle temptation to lean oh. back and, you know, suddenly you're, suddenly you're back to, you know, counting those metrics. There's nothing wrong with counting the metrics. I think they can be responsible. But when my identity is tied to it, um, right. the greatest <clears throat> source of misery and to have relationships, friendships like like this one, where we can just say to each other, hey, remember, it's about who you are in Christ. It's not about 
if, if you're in the right. ministry, if you're in the ministry context, it's not about, you know, what your attendance was like on Sunday. If you're in the business context, it's not about how many new accounts you got signed up this month. That does not determine your value, your identity. It's in Christ. But I think there is a subtle pull. There's a subtle tug that's just kind of always there. And, and, the, and the importance of building relationships with other people who recognize how important it is that your identity is in Christ and to remind one another that our identity is, is in Christ. It's so watch this, watch this. It's not in my successes or my failures. It's in Jesus. Come on. Um, question, Rob, what advice would you give to somebody who has been wounded by someone else who told them that in order to be successful, uh, they have to be someone they're not. I have, I have um, coached leaders and um, I've counseled with leaders and I've sat with leaders who have been deeply wounded because at some point in their life, they were told uh, that them being who they are isn't going to be good enough, that them being who they are um, won't put them in a position to be quote unquote successful. And they're reeling from that and they've lost themselves and they're wounded and they're hurting. What would you say to somebody who's been hurt like that and has been told that their identity isn't enough? Well, uh, first of all, uh, Travis, I think I, I would just, uh, just say, I'm so sorry yeah. to whoever has heard that before. Yeah. Um, just deeply, deeply sorry. Uh, and, and I would tell them that if you've been hurt by the words of, of somebody else, and I, I want to stand in that gap and I want to apologize for them. And I want to humbly ask uh, for forgiveness for them. Mm. And, and if someone is carrying hurt and even bitterness over that, then, then first let's offer forgiveness. Let's, let's assume it was done in ignorance. Let's assume that it was done not to be hurtful, but to be helpful. Um, but, but wounds hurt regardless if it was on purpose or not. Friendly fire right. will hurt just as much as enemies fire. That's right. Uh, but so if you're carrying hurt and bitterness, then first of all, let's release whoever hurts you first of all. So let's do that. And then secondly, let's move on. Um, let, let's go back to the beginning of who you were when God called you. Let's go back to that very moment. Um, and, and, and with wide eyed wonder, um, think about that. Maybe this sacred, sacred time, maybe you were a little bit scared yeah. of the assignment, but with full confidence that God was going to empower you and use you, uh, and I want to just challenge you to embrace who you were when God saw you. That's so good. And, and embrace who you were when God called you um, and embrace who you are now and, and be you. And I, I, I want to be careful because uh, I think that what we need, I think we need a, an understanding that we can continue to grow as leaders, but while we stay true to ourselves. Right. right. So right. Uh, when 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 God called me uh, the the first time, I was a little I was a little kid. 
Uh, I was in church service. I was sitting by my mom. I've, I really felt impressed of the Lord that God was calling me into the ministry. And, and, and I, a matter of fact, it was such a strong impression. I, I told my mom, and, and my mom w- was just a, just a champion for me. And she wrote it in her Bible. I've got that Bible. I recently have acquired their, wow. her Bible from, uh, from, you know, 40 years ago um, when I was just a, a little kid sitting on a pew. Um, later on, as, as a teenager, uh, and of course, like, like a lot of teenagers did a lot of things I, I regret, um, but as a teenager with a heart for God, uh, you know, and, and, and wanting to, to be who God has called me to be, uh, you know, then, then again, and, and as a, as a 20 year old, uh, you know, Marine, U.S. Marine, when I embraced the, the call and began actual, uh, ministry, yeah. who, who I am today as, as a leader I still see that eight-year-old boy with 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 big eyes. Mm. Uh, I still see that you know that twenty-year-old um, with with the, the passion to make an impact. Um, so, but who I am today, though there is a glimpse of the eight-year-old, and though there's a glimpse of the twenty-year-old, I'm a different man today. Thank and thank God for it. I'm right. a different man today than I was in, in my twenties, even, even in my thirties. Okay. I'm, I'm, and I'm not, oh my goodness. I am nowhere near, uh, what to, like Paul said, I've not apprehended yet. Oh my goodness. I'm still striving for the goal, but, uh, I'm better than I was. I'm, I'm, I'm the mistakes I made in my twenties. I'm not making them today. That right. Makes sense? Right. Absolutely. Even, even mistakes I made in, in my thirties, uh, if I could go back, uh, if I could go back and, and have a, a hard talk with myself, you know, as a 25 year old youth pastor who, who took things way too seriously uh, in some areas, uh, you know, and, and was, you know, I, I'd go back and I'd do some things differently. So I guess my point is, my, my point is on this is as we are searching for authenticity, there's going to be some areas in our life that needs sharpening. That's right. And, and as the iron sharpens iron, finding relationships with, with people that are able to tell you at 20, at 25, at 35, at 55, we're, we got some rough edges. We need to work off. Right. Hopefully, hopefully we're not who we were 10 years ago, 15 years ago, but we can be true to ourselves and true to our calling uh, true to our authenticity, yet with an understanding that there, if there's rough edges, we still need to work on that. In other words, what I'm saying is, is, is we can we can be true to ourselves, and and at the in the same time, really be way off the mark who God has called us to be. So, so you can em- embrace who you are, embrace the authenticity of yourself, but still. Keep striving to be the best version of you you can be. I don't have to be, you mentioned T.D. Jakes. I don't have to be T.D. Jakes, but I want to be the best version that I can be. I don't have, yeah. to, I don't have to judge myself by Stephen Furtick or Travis Hall. I want to be the best, best Rob that I can be. 
and, and strive to be who God has called me to be, yet the right. best version of that. So if there's areas in my leadership, that there's areas in, in my fatherhood, in, in, as, as a husband, as, as, as a boss, as a servant, how, right. however that, that is, if there's areas in my life that are not pleasing to the Lord, areas of my life that are not Christ-like, I can work on that without saying, no, that's just who I am. I'm just gruff. I'm just, right. you know, I'm, right. I'm just, I'm just hard. That's okay. I'm, I'm just, you know, I, I, and, and put in there, whatever, whatever word you want to put in to describe a character flaw you have, right. that's not being true to yourself. That's right. That's you right. Know? Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. I, I, and I'm thankful that you, you made that point because when we talk about authenticity or uniqueness, some, sometimes it comes through um, as a shield, if you will, to kind of deflect moments of growth or yeah. deflect or deflect moments of coaching or correction, which is good for all of us um, because we all have, whether it's a character flaw, whether it is um, an, an, er to, an area of maturity that, that is sort of stagnated, we need people in our lives to come alongside of us and say, hey, I see something. It's an, an area of your life that is sort of holding you back. I want to help you with that. And so I think, good. And we have to be careful. We have to be careful not to just push back and say, well, that's just me. I'm, right. That's just how I am. That's, right. my, that's my unique. No, that's not that you're being a bonehead. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've, heard, I've heard it before that what we need is we, we need friends in our life. Uh, that will speak into us, but they're not impressed by us. Oh, that's so good. Uh, excellent. Excellent. If everybody listening, um, you need to hit rewind and, and, and re-listen to what Rob just said um, a few times. That's so, that's so good. Rob, would you repeat that one more time? We, we need to uh, surround ourselves with, with people that will speak into our lives, but not the ones that are impressed by us. If, if, if they're calling us sir, right. or they're, they're cheering us on or, or clapping, I, I want somebody speaking into my life that loves me, but that's is not so impressed good. by me. Man, that's so good. Wow. So the transformational truth today, you'll never become who you were created to be by trying to be who everyone else wants you to be. Uh, Rob, man, you, uh, you impacted our lives today. You made an impact in all of us today. Where can people find you after this if they want to look you up? Hit me up on MySpace. Uh, it's going to be Pastor Rob Zero One. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for MySpace to come back. I'm just kidding. Hit me up on Twitter at Rob Bailey, uh, Instagram uh, at Rob Bailey Zero One, and then uh, for accountability, crystallized share of Facebook, Rob Dash Crystal Bailey. And uh, I'd love to connect with you in any way I can uh, serve you. Please let me know, Travis. I love you, man. Thanks for letting me come hang out with you today. And I love you too. Thanks for hanging out. This was incredible. If you'd like to connect with Rob, please check out the links that we've included in the show notes. And listen, if Transformational Truths is helpful to you, please do me a favor. Take a moment. Go over to Apple iTunes. Rate the show. Write us a quick review. I want to help you restore the joy to your life and leadership. Thank you.